You're listening to the Go For Growth Podcast with Doug Hall. Welcome, everybody. This is the Go For Growth Podcast, and I'm your host, Doug Hall. And today, I have an excellent guest to interview. I have Mr. Gene Kettler, the founder and CEO of Frontier Door and Cabinet, based here in greater Seattle, Tacoma. They have quite a nice headquarters down in Tacoma. And they are a very significant leader in commercial and multifamily residential doors, cabinets, and hardware. And so let's, I would love, love to welcome Gene today. I've known him for years and respected his business acumen. And in the Go, Go for Growth podcast, we're really looking to learn from business leaders, owners and leaders that, that have cracked the code on growing a business. And I can't think of anybody better than Gene to share some insights with us today. So Gene, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Doug. That's uh, really, really kind of you. It's uh, hard to hard to live up to that intro. <laughs> so, oh no, you, you, you I know you. You do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, you got the floor now. Tell me a little bit, so that our audience can kind of catch up with me on on Frontier Door and Cabinet. You know how you got started in it, and a little bit about the size of the, and industry, size of the company and industry, and how you guys fit in the the market here. Sure, sure. Well. So we've, we've been in business for um, 21 years, and uh, when when I founded the business, um, I had parted ways with a uh, more of a, a straight distribution company. Um, and in in Phoenix, uh, they had a, a way of going to market that was different than what most of the people here were doing. They would uh, uh, the installation companies would actually sell the the door and hardware products uh, and install it. So they would buy it from someone like myself at the time, the distributor. So when I parted ways with the company I was running, um, I thought that's that's going to be our value proposition uh, in the Seattle market. So we we started uh, with, based on being a, an installation company. Um, we've we've since separated the companies for for uh, uh, some uh, mostly insurance reasons, the way that they. They, they assess the premiums. It's more advantageous to have two separate businesses, but uh, they we we pretty much tie them to, together. Um, but uh, uh, we went to market with that. We started with nothing, basically um, out of the garage, and uh, at this point, we're uh, some somewhere north of 300 employees, and our revenues will be somewhere between 83 and 85 million this year, depending on what. What expedites? So it's uh, it's been a, a fun ride. That's awesome. Would you characterize your business as sort of a David among Goliaths, or how, how does it work in the market? You know, I've never, yeah, I've never really looked at it that way. You know, we've we've grown every every year of our existence. Um, I I think that uh, we we are in a a market that there. I don't think there are any real Goliaths. Uh, out there, um, you know, I think that there's a, a, a handful of significant players, and uh, then a, a plethora of, of uh, uh, people that jump in in certain aspects, certain scopes. But uh, there, there's a, I, and I think that's true up and down the, the West Coast for the most part. That there's really no no dominant force in in what we do. Um, so right because uh, you're 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 uniquely combining the the wooden doors or metal doors together with jams and hardware and all that stuff and actually in a project going in and installing it in a high-rise condo 
or an apartment right. building or a commercial, right? So you're yeah, you're absolutely. putting it all together. Yeah, and then there are you know I I'm there are other people that that do it to differing degrees. Um, uh, we um, you know of course we've a uh, uh, we used to just sell cabinets. We've uh, uh, since become manufacturers of, of cabinets and casework. Um, so that's a, another thing that we tie into the scope. And, uh, you, you know, our, our theory, and I, I think it works uh, most of the time, is that, that uh, you know, we have a greater number of scope that gives us a, a, a volume uh, discount, so to speak, uh, gives us some economy of scale, especially in terms of management on site. Um, you, you can have stronger management and more consistent management on uh, a construction project where that's usually kind of difficult because of scheduling, uh, you know, the delays, stops and work. Uh, the more scopes you have, the more able you are to keep uh, a key uh, a key core group on, on site. So I think, I think that's been one of the big advantages of, of, of actually managing uh, multiple scopes of work. Right, so you've expanded from just the doors and really building the cabinets and doing as much as you can, so you can be more important on the site. Then, I guess. Right, right, and then the, you know the cabinet manufacturing is uh, uh, is more. Uh, oh, what would the word be? It, it's it's much more complex manufacturing than than the door part of the business. The door part of the business right. is, is a, a glorified assembly process, uh, whereas. Uh, manufacturing cabinets, it's, uh, especially the type of work that we do, it's, it's complicated manufacturing. You, there's, right. There's so you're, lot. you're, you're adding more value there, basically. You know, uh, a lot more. more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a whole different, different ball game, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun as well. It's, uh, been, been a, a great experience for me. Was that a big growth step for you to get into cabinet building, real cabinet manufacturing? Yeah, you know, I, 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 it, it was. Um, I would say that uh, uh, in terms of our uh, our revenue is is only up about ten uh, percent from last year, um, but the the cabinet revenue uh, is a much larger percentage of our total. So cabinet revenue went from being, uh, only about 10% of our revenue in 2017 to being, uh, 30% of our revenue in uh, 2018. Um, and that was by design. Um, it's the, the type of work that we, we focused on. We, uh, picked smaller, we aggressively went after a smaller number of jobs, but, uh, tried to, to make sure that we got the entire, you know, all the scopes of work on a smaller number of projects. Awesome. So you, you changed your growth mix. We right. changed the mix of our products. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, one of the other things that we, we study pretty hard is like, you know, what, what, what makes the most sense? What, uh, what, what is the market most in need of, uh, what, what products have, uh, significant, Barriers to entry, whether that be uh, human resources, financial resources, uh, expertise, um, and try to try to find what our sweet spots are, and, and really really focus our sales efforts uh, on those on those areas. So, thinking about that, what is your ideal customer? What's the ideal project you guys are looking for and bidding on now? How do you characterize yeah. it? 
Well, the the uh, first thing we want is a is a customer that's known to pay their bills. That's that's always a that a, certainly helps. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> that's number one. Um, you know, I I think uh, you know I I don't I don't know that that I have a an, an ideal. I I would say our our typical job that is that works really well is one where. We are doing uh, the, our, all of the scopes we're capable of, which would be, you know, doors, hardware, millwork, cabinetry, uh, uh, miscellaneous toilet partitions, common area casework, where, where we do everything in the entire project, and it's with a customer that's very organized and schedule-driven. Um, uh, you know, the, the scheduling is out of our control, and when when a customer is is uh, uh, proactive and very good at making sure that they're hitting their schedules, it makes it much easier for us to have a successful uh, outcome. So, who is your customer? Well, it's a combination. Uh, you know, most of the large uh, we we work with at differing degrees for most of the large general contractors in Seattle, whether that be. Uh, Lee Scratcher Lewis, uh, uh, Skanska, uh, Mortensen, Sellen, uh, the local uh, contractors, Walsh, W.G. Clark, Raffin, um, uh, Absher. I, I don't want to forget anybody, but we, we've worked. No, I know. You don't want to Right. Yeah. All, the, I mean, all the, we the names we see on the cranes around here, the cranes yeah. and the, and the uh, construction sites, we see all those names when we drive around town. Yeah. Yeah. So so we, we, we work with, with uh with all of them, and you know, some of the smaller, uh, smaller footprint guys. You know, a, a company like Chin Construction, you know, fabulous company. You know, they, they're not they're not as large as some of these other general contractors. But they're great to work with. They run a great job. Uh, Marpac is another one. They do a great. You know, all, all of the just in general, the, the the construction business with the contractors that we're working with the, these bigger projects, they're all pretty darn good. It's it's hard for me to find anything. Uh, really negative to say about any of them. So, um, so, so they're all good. But, but a good a good job for us has is is one where we're able to do all of those those because it does give a, a give you an economy of scale, uh, and and it's the human resource side that that is the most impactful. And, um, and a little bit you get a little bit of help with trucking and so forth by having multiple things. But it's the the, the management resources that that uh, really can go a little bit further. So would you say that you have a unique combination of offerings? I, I, I know that we have a, a unique combination of offerings. Um, and and I, I think that what needs to go with that is we've, we've developed that. So it's not just that we have somebody that can go out and buy this stuff, but we, we vertically integrated the process. So we, we've developed a very good system of communication. Um, not, not without flaws, of course. You know we're, we're constantly trying sure. to improve it, but but it, you know the the idea our uh, our goal is to provide a service to the customer that requires uh, very little uh, of their time. You know they once they give us the job, our our goal is to to provide a seamless service for them, where the scopes that they choose to contract us to do are done without them having to, to really do very much. Uh, we're very proactive at the front end, so there shouldn't 
be tremendous questions and, and we do our best to have a great line of communication into the customer so that when they do have a need or a question, we're, we're able to, to uh, respond uh, and react in a, in a very effective and efficient way. And having more products, more scopes that you offer allows that contract or customer to deal with less suppliers and less subs. Well, sure. Less, less people. You know, you, you have, you have a, a good qualified person who's there to, to track down multiple, multiple issues. So yeah. that, that's helpful. But yeah, hey, you know, it's, it's the, the people business, you know, they're both, both the yeah. people on the customer side and the people on our side. We, you know, you, you, you know it's the, the, the challenge and the, the key in my mind to success is, is bringing in the, the really great personalities and people and, and, uh, and developing a culture where, where, you know, they're, they're, they understand we're all servants and, and, uh, we're there to serve that customer and make sure that, that they get what they need. And the, the big win is getting their next job. So you've got a, a good system, like you said, is intensely based on people, good people communications, well-organized, taking troubles off the plate of your customer, you guys managing it. That sounds great. What was the biggest challenge getting to that system, getting it to work, James? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, you know, saying that it works is, you know, it's, it, there's always room. Oh, for, I'm giving for you the. Uh, yeah. No, I know it works. <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know. Behind the scenes, you guys are busy sometimes, but, but hey, yeah. you make it work for the customer. You know, I, I think that that uh, you know, for me, the for me personally, the biggest challenge is I'm, uh, you know, I expect things uh, to be done you know as soon as as soon as i envision it i you know in my mind it should be done um and so uh probably the biggest challenge for me has been learning how to how to pull that back so that people aren't frustrated and intimidated by by my uh drive to to, to have whatever vision it is that i i'm shooting for be, be done immediately um uh, I've uh, I've held back on some of my old uh, my old cliches and, and quotes, uh, you know, about uh, progress only happening because of unrealistic people, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> it, 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 it it tends to to intimidate or or uh, not people don't understand where I'm coming from sometimes. So I'm, I'm more <laughs> more cautious about what I what I say than I than I was earlier in, in my career, but. You know, that, that's a challenge, and it's just you know uh, we live in in a in a, an area where you know attracting uh, uh, intelligent, hardworking young people into the construction industry as a career is challenging. Our competition is uh, you know sexy startups, uh, you know Amazon, uh, Microsoft. You know, it's, uh, it, it's it's tough to get a bright young college graduate and convince them that that coming to work for a door and cabinet company is a place to be. Um, so we've, oh gosh, I think, you know, we didn't really start growing aggressively till about 10 years ago. And you know, at that point, you know, my, my oldest son who, uh, who runs our business for the most part, uh, we, we decided that the, the only way that we were going to attract, uh, bright, aggressive people and retain them was to have a, a culture of growth where, you know, it's, uh, we consider it our job to continue to grow a company so that we're providing opportunity for the people that we're, we're recruiting to come in and work in our company. And, 
and we're going to we grow because we we've made a commitment to them to provide opportunity. Um, and it, it, it tends to feed on itself when, when you do that. And it's, um, you know, sometimes the growth is a little more rapid than we'd like to see. Um, uh, you know, you're, you're not ready for it and that creates some inefficiencies, but, uh, but overall, I, you know, that's, that is our philosophy. Um, that's our, our culture is one of growth. Uh, we feel a business that's not growing, that inertia is going to take you the other way. Um, there's, you know, lots of people out there wanting, wanting to be in business. And if, if ours looks good, they're going to be trying to do it. They're going to be trying to do it better than us. And so we, we need to keep, keep moving and keep, keep growing and keep, keep recruiting and all of the, all of the things that we've done in the past, we, we need to keep doing and, and doing it better. Mm-hmm. So if culture and a culture of growth is important, um, I'm pretty sure you had a a challenge to that a few years ago when you did a major acquisition. Mm. Yeah. Tell, we us bought about, a, le, tell us about lessons learned there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it was 2010 or 11. Um, we had actually fared pretty darn well through the, the early stages of the, the last recession. And uh, uh, there was a, a relatively large Dorn Millwork company um, that we acquired the assets of. We actually uh, had been looking for, we, we decided at, at that point that it was, you know, the market needed to consolidate. So we were going to buy, sell, or roll up. And initially we thought this company would buy us, but when we when we uh, dug in further, we, we realized that we were the ones with all, the, all of the real assets and they were the one, they were the company with the, the, the big sign, the, the fancier offices, and you know, and that sort of thing. So, uh, we ended up acquiring uh, acquiring them, and uh, you know, a lot of things we missed. Um, you know, sometimes the the product uh, being the same isn't the real synergy and isn't the real purchase. They they really focused on single family construction, and it was the same products essentially. And our uh, our instinct going in was that you know since it was the same product you know this will be an easy an easy shift, but the real difference was in the logistics and uh, you know the logistics of, of doing uh, a, a large mid-rise uh, building or even a suburban apartment or even more different would be a high-rise. The logistics are so dramatically different than single-family. Um, that that uh, uh, we we really missed the boat on that. We uh, um, we we never we tried for two years to make uh, to 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 be a force in that market. We had a lot of business. We felt the price were okay, but but we're never able to do it. And I don't. I I believe that there are people that do it and do it well. Um, it was just it, it was too the two expediting or executing those two businesses. It was too different to. To not have two different companies, um, whereas with the cabinets and doors, we're able to execute those uh, relatively well out of the same facility as long as it's on the same type of project. So that that would be one big lesson. Um, the other big lesson was uh, to be extremely cautious with ERP systems. Uh, uh, we we took on their ERP system, which you know, if I had looked at it differently, I would have seen that that. 
them implementing that, that particular system or trying to was one of the things that led to, to their uh, their hard times. Uh, uh, it wasn't the right time. They didn't uh, they, they didn't uh, allocate enough resources to getting it done, and they went live before it really worked. And then we took it over, and uh, it created some really serious issues uh, uh, in in our accounting and inventory control and stuff. Uh, uh, and so I, I would say uh, for you know anybody that wants to listen, that uh, be very 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 cautious uh, and and uh, uh, careful when taking on or, or switching ERP systems because in my experience and from what I've seen from the uh, not just this acquisition but one other acquisition not doing it correctly can can really be can, can apply a fatal blow to your business if, uh, if you're not careful it, it tends it tends to take take longer and cost a lot more than what the, the software people uh, say. Uh, maybe maybe right. double or more is, is probably a pretty good guess. That's a good. That's a painful lesson to learn, and a and a good advice to folks that are listening in. Very very good. Now, when you acquired the factory in Tacoma that you have have expanded into, was there any particular growth challenge to that? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, um, uh, yeah. Wow, it, they're just um, <laughs> big, right? <laughs> What's well, yeah, a big, it's you a big know, facility? First of all, it, it's it's a big facility. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, it, it's a big facility. It, uh, it 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 really it was it was on antiquated software. A lot of the machinery, the the the, the, the I guess it, it, the the heart and and. Bains uh, of the of a, a manufacturing a wood manufacturing business is your your dust collection uh, uh, system. You know that's that's really right now that's very expensive to put in. It's uh, you have to find the right buildings to put it in. It's it's the the real challenge. And that was very a lot of re- a, a lot of regulations you have to deal with too, like air tons of stuff, well right? that and and paint of course you know uh, uh, oh yeah paint uh, your fumes right. from paint and varnish and right, all that, right right and so so that that part of the business was all in place and was working very well but uh, you know the saws and the CNC machines they were uh, for the most part they were antiquated the the software they were using was ineffective the the their uh, they had a, a they didn't have a culture of fixing fixing problems at the root of the problem. It was, uh, you know, guys just got in the habit. Stuff would come to them wrong, and from one part of the line to the next, they would they would just fix it. So, uh, you know, the the people that we retained after the acquisition, uh, you know, that was a, a big shift culturally to make. That hey, we don't you know, we don't if, if it comes to you wrong, we find out why it came to you wrong, and and we fix it. At, at the the point of the, the of the issue or the mistake, um, that that was one big challenge. Um, just to, you know, being in a new business, you know, it's a we we had anticipated uh, a lot of expense and we didn't know what it was, so we 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 paid a a certain amount for the assets of the business. Uh, we calculated that our our just our setup costs, you know, just soft costs associated with learning curve would be uh, probably two times what we paid for those assets. Uh, in reality, it's probably been more like three or three and a half times. And so I think mm. uh, 
if I were to look at it again, I, I would be, uh, you know, there may, I, I'm sure there's people that could do it better, but I, I think it just, you don't know another one of the old cliches. You don't know what you don't know. And so you, you know, you go in and you, you have a great business plan. You have, you have maybe 80% of the facts, but sometimes those, uh, that other 20% can be very expensive. And that, that, uh, those are things that you just learn by, by doing it. Uh, we did recruit in some fantastic help though. Uh, you know, we, we got some really great people, uh, from other companies. So, uh, but not, not all at the same time. Uh, um, so, so that, that would be, uh, one of probably the, the biggest, uh, lesson is, you know, it's going to cost more than what you think it's going to cost. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's, there's many things I would probably do, uh, uh, differently. Um, I think we, uh, if, if, you know, the, there's a, this, a, a balance when, when you know you're going into growth and you're in a new business and you, your, your, you know, profitability is important. It always is. Uh, but, but a meltdown of any type is, it can be catastrophic. And so we, we consciously, um, overhired. You know, we brought in more people, more resources than we knew were justified for the re- for the revenue that we were creating. But we did that to make sure that we didn't have uh, a, a, a just a terrible, terrible uh, mistake. And and we we haven't. Uh, you know, it's we got the systems working very smoothly now. Uh, you know, I have very little fear of a huge breakdown. We feel like we've got all the the step the the the, the right uh, processes in place for most of them. Um, I think where where we could have done much better is in uh, quantifying what people ultimately need to do and reacting to those the, the, those uh, uh, shifts in personnel faster. Uh, you know, I think we ended up carrying too many people for a long time, which I, you know, I think creates more, it, it's not just the cost of the extra employee, uh, in, in my opinion. I think when you have too many employees, it actually denigrates the entire staff. It, it slows mm. everybody down. It, uh, people, people work to the amount of work that's there. And then when you do get an increase, um, even though you probably have the right number of people in their minds, they're, you know, they've already acclimated to doing what they do. And so it, it yeah, it, it kind of keeps you from making improvements that you need to. So, um, so I, I would respond quicker. I mean, we we are you know we have and we are responding to that. We, you know, you starve areas where the numbers don't make sense and usually works out. Yeah. So, so I think those are two of the two of the big things. So in that area of staffing, sort of that overhiring and then trimming back at a certain rate. What have you found between you and Gabe and the rest of the managers? What's what's been the most effective leadership tools or management tools and processes that you, that have worked for you guys? As you, I mean, you've gone through substantial growth in these ten, twelve, fifteen years. So what what worked well, or and what, have you found? Have you tried some management techniques that just didn't work very well? Yeah, <laughs> we don't have long <laughs> enough to. to yeah you know i think the what what seems to work best uh for for me is uh it, it, you know make sure that you can develop a uh a a quantifiable uh expectation 
for for employees. Um, and you know, I, I I try to really avoid uh, having uh, any type of uh, uh, negative uh, juju out there. But the, you know, I, I, there, one of the things that I find to be uh, not entirely true, but true a lot of the time is that a, a lot of employees and in some companies and in some situations, most of the employees, they're not working really hard to be the best. They're working really hard to not be the worst. You know, they, they're mm. working. You know, so, the, so the bar, you know, it's very difficult to get everybody in a, in a company with a, a number of people, it's it's very difficult to get everybody to be shooting for that high bar. That's you know we work on it all the time. I think what happens is you know your your lowest common denominator is going to be your bar. It's going to be better than that. Mm-hmm. So so I think having having a, a something that's quantifiable to say this is the expectation, and then setting setting the top producers by themselves. You know, saying hey. Here you go. I think one of the mistakes, uh, you know, everybody hears the cliche, you know, you take a, a you, you want to ruin a great salesman, make him a sales manager. Well, you, you know, it's it's true with a lot of functions. You have somebody that really produces well, and so their reward is to manage other people. And uh, you know what we've seen happen numerous times is, you know, their their productivity goes down, and and you're not getting that that multiplication that that. Uh, uh, you know that the, the helpers don't don't ever get as good because they're they're helpers. They're there to assist, the, you know, or or do what the manager tells them. So I think, you know, ma- making sure that we have independent measures of what people do uh, is is something that, uh, that that we strive strive for. Um, yeah, I forgot the other part of the question, but I well, uh, I'll come back to that. But you got you got me going on something here. So when you've gone through that failure mode of taking a great producer, whether it's a production line worker, becoming a lead or a supervisor or whatever it is, have you found success in backing off of that and just enabling them to be a leader on the floor to to support them better? Is is that the reaction you found that works rather than um, trying to stick them into management? Well, I think that 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 is a yes. We've done that, and that that's a much better better model. Um, you know, people. I, I think what we what we've been trying to do now for several years is is hey, you know, the the term manager is it it doesn't necessarily mean boss. You know, that we 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 want to make sure that that our culture is one where you know the, the manager is the servant to the producer, not vice versa. You know, the, the manager is there to. To, to eliminate obstacles so that the person that's actually producing the product is able to, to work, you know, smoothly and efficiently. Um, and, and I think that that, you know, building that attitude is, is probably, uh, it, it takes some of the glamour out of, of getting the title manager. Um, and I think the other thing is in terms of reward, um, you know, our, our managers, uh, don't aren't necessarily rewarded any greater than than the top producers. Uh, you know, they, they may be depending on, on what their their responsibilities entail. But but manager means that you're you're responsible to to manage that that group of people, and that means making sure they're effective. The most effective managers are the ones that truly support their staff. I I think that's a huge revelation. 
for you guys. And the fact that you're living it out is awesome because I'm 100% in agreement with you. The servant manager just seems to work just so much better than them trying to be the boss. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, being the boss isn't all that great sometimes. <laughs> no, it's really not. So, And, and it's, it's really different horses for different courses, right? You want you know, people that are gifted at supporting as managers and people that are gifted producers. Yes. And let them, yeah. let them help each other. Yeah, no, that's a great point. It's a great awesome. point. So um, the other thing was, <laughs> do you have any uh, stories, uh, kind of like words of the wise of words of the wise of management techniques or that you tried that failed? <laughs> so I don't want to put you on the spot, but, <laughs> but is there some, you know, we all try different <laughs> shiny objects, right? Yeah, I I would say um, probably the 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 most impactful have been uh, bonus bonus programs or commission programs uh, for for salespeople um, that that aren't tied into everybody else's success. So I, I'm not, you know, I I know a lot of business function uh, businesses function differently, but. But you know, salespeople ultimately aren't really successful unless the the product that they are selling is done properly and effectively, and and the support the the, the support of the sale is there. And it, you know, we we've made the mistake a, a few times where we'll bring in a salesperson and offer you know tremendous incentive for them to go out and get a whole bunch of business, but but it's it's short lived because. You know, either either they're selling under market, you don't find out till the till the job is done, or they're outselling their support, and so so the 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 reward needs to be on on not not getting the job, but but on completing the job. So um, so right. we we really don't uh, you know if we need to go close a deal, you know I uh, you know we we can we can leave that to the the few people that that we already have. What we you know, what we're really looking for are people that can make sure that it's done done properly. Um, we don't need to have any kind of super great line to convince people of what we do. We've got a, a long resume of successful projects and happy customers. Um, so so we don't really need that. What we need are people that, that know how to make sure that what they say is followed up on. Um, and, you know, I think the other, you know, the other thing, for for me is it just uh, I, it, the management te- technique that uh, that doesn't work very often is is the top down management. I think uh, the the best success that that I've had is when I made sure that that the person that I'm working with uh, is bought in, or better yet, that whatever we do is their idea. Um, you know, being a being a great listener. Um, is is usually a much better uh, or effective way I, I feel of managing and getting the most out of people than being a great talker. Those are excellent insights. I I agree. I've seen that in other businesses too. Even more transactional businesses when when your salesperson has a comp plan that's out of phase with the whole company, bad things happen. And when they're aligned with your final result, good things happen. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's true. Yeah, uh, and yeah, you've lived it out. 
yeah. Well, but but yeah. I, I mean, I I still I'm sure I still make uh, make a, a mistake or, or or two or three a day. So I you know I think it's uh, it's a problem. Well, the circumstances change, and so the yeah. the reaction to those circumstances needs to change too. So yeah. Well, and you're active and doing new things, so you're going to make mistakes. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So so in in kind of sum, summing all that up uh in the context of what we talked about today what's sort of the number one or two thing you know the top things that kind of come to your mind if you're if you're talking to somebody that's you know younger in the construction industry or you know building a business in a more general sense what are the top one or two or three things that just your advice your best advice to them oh boy yeah i you know i i'm i'm not a big advice guy because i'd hate somebody to take my advice <laughs> And come back and blame you, <laughs> and say, "Hey, man, your advice really sucked." Um, I, I can I can say that for what what I feel the the reason that we've we've had some success is I I always goal set through the goal. Um, you know, I I think that uh, there's a, a with me, and I believe with most people, there's a tendency of of uh, of kicking back a little bit once you've achieved a goal. And, and I think when you do that, you lose tremendous amounts of, uh, of energy that, that it just, it kind of slows that it, it just slows your momentum down. And so I, you know, I, as soon as, as soon as we start getting close, uh, I, I, I move the goal close back. Um, I, I think that, 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 that's, Good for you. <laughs> I, I think that's critical to to growing a, a business, to getting better. You know, it's a, yeah. a never never being satisfied. I think just uh, um, snapping back quit from from failures. You know, from things that go wrong. It's like um, you know, it it just it's probably going to happen. Uh, I mean, I I I I would guess that it's pretty unique to have any type of an enterprise. You don't have some serious setbacks, and and uh, just knowing knowing that you're okay and you're going to come back from it, and being being relentless in pursuit of that that vision uh, is is I, I think it's necessary. I, I I just think it would be very hard to be an entrepreneur and uh, and not have thick enough skin to to put to put uh, setbacks or failures behind you uh, very very quickly. Uh, and you know, I think I think that's probably as important, if not the most important, uh, trait that's needed uh, in in building a business. Sounds like sound advice. Thank you. Oh, you bet. So, if if people want to know more about Frontier Door and Cabinet, what's the best way for them to check in on you guys? Well, we we do we do have a website, although uh, we're we're you know it's probably where we have been. Uh, remiss. Uh, we we just just set it up and not really. It's not it's not great yet, but we're we're going to make it great over the next uh, the next year or so. Um, we we brought in a, a web designer to help with that. So, um, but th- th- you could certainly go to the website or you know anybody that that wants me. You know, I love to to talk and share about our business. I'm more than happy to. They can contact me personally at the business, and I'd, you know, I'd be happy to talk with them. Great. So that's folks. That's FrontierDoor.com, as you would imagine, and uh, yep. and I think Gene. I think Gene's a little modest. I've got the website up, and it actually looks pretty sharp. I mean, there's some pretty yep. cool images there of projects you guys have done. So I 
I think you're being oh, a little good. too modest, Gene. Well, I well, I, I, pre- I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment and, and say thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. And I thank you for being on my podcast today. I, uh, I appreciate your insights, the time you spent with us, and I, I believe you shared some wisdom which people can take advantage of. So thank you, Gene. Hey, you bet, Doug, and I look forward to seeing you soon. The Go for Growth podcast is sponsored by Resources for CEOs. We help overworked business owners take back control of their time, build a team-driven company, and multiply profits. Get your free copy of How to Get What You Want from Your Business at resourcesforceos.com slash guide.